Hello and welcome back to the Walking Dead UK podcast. I'm your host as always, Matthew, or Matt for short. Joining me today is my co-host, our Sophie. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? You alright? Yeah, I'm alright, yeah. yeah. Good. Where can, uh, where can people find you? Your blog and Twitter and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, well, my Twitter is uh, at SmileySophie18 and then my blog is SmileySophie.wordpress.com <coughs> Excellent. Uh, you'll also find those in your show notes as well. Uh, and oh, yeah. I have Chris as well with me, my other co-host. How are you, Chris? Hi, Matt. I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good, yeah. Um, so, general kind of first impression thoughts on this episode? Did you like it, uh, Sophie? I did, yeah. It's uh, It was a lot slower and not as much going on as the last two episodes, but it, it, I thought it was good, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what did you think? Um sort of first thoughts yeah I like the slow pace of the episode because it gave a lot of room for character development with uh, just a few kind of small uh, centres group of characters rather than the whole Mm. large group I thought that worked well yeah this was what some people call uh, I'm not sure if we call it over here the same thing but I've heard episodes like this called um, bottle episodes before yeah yeah. Like, um, like a similar way to the one uh, Morgan's episode was done. Uh, those kind of episodes. Um, so, if we start off, I think we should talk about Carol. Um, I'm going to go off my notes this week. Um, I haven't got the episode in front of me. So I'm just going to uh, go off some notes um, in the recap. Uh, so first I have Carol changing her way of thinking. Is there an influence from Morgan? What do you guys think? Uh, Sophie, what did you think? Because he's, uh, Morgan's well, got, you know, the, um, all life is precious kind of thing, and she, you know, wasn't maybe quite as ruthless in this episode. What did you think? Yeah, well, I didn't really think about it that way. Like, yeah. um, Morgan influencing her. I just thought that she was changing her character like she would normally do to try and survive the situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think, Chris? Well... Uh, when we got back from the uh, mid-season premiere, we didn't really get much from Morgan and Carol and uh, what was happening with them. Uh, but as soon as we got into their first kind of conversation, I could tell that this was obviously going to have some sort of effect on Carol going into the future. Um, this episode, you kind of do see that the way Morgan's thinking in his pacifistic way has influenced Carol. But like Sophie said, I do think it's more kind of, uh, it's kind of Carol's act as well. She's trying to put on like a weak persona, like she usually does, uh, just to get away with things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, next thing I have, um, so yeah, I think she's kind of been influenced a little by Morgan. Not completely like his way of thinking, but she's kind of, you know, she's been writing down her kill count, which I think is 18, she put down, it would be yeah. 20, yeah. I think, by the end of this episode, um, but yeah, maybe 24. she's just, huh? It'd be about 24, because she killed 6. Okay. She didn't kill Donny though. Because I thought Maggie no, killed a few of those people. people that she burnt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, in the, uh, the kill floor, uh, yeah. Um, so I think maybe she's slightly sort of, 
you know, turned her way of thinking a little um, through Morgan, and it'll be interesting going forward what happens with those two if they have a full-on kind of chat. Uh, I don't think that could, that could drag on, because I think that could be very interesting. Um, I wouldn't find that a boring conversation. Uh, next thing I have, Melissa McBride, time for an Emmy, perhaps? Uh, I saw oh, yeah. a post from Digital Spy uh, that was, it was straight off to the UK broadcast of the episode, um, said that this should be her, like, they should submit this for an Emmy performance for her, because um, the Emmys will be in September. Uh, so, what do you guys think? Well, I think The Walking Dead, uh, most awards, uh, especially TV awards uh, shows, um, I feel like it's kind of been undermined a bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, you see, yeah. like, Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad taking all the high awards, and you just have to think... Uh, the Walking Dead does deserve this. I think it's been on the edge of getting an Emmy or something like that. Yeah. But um, I'm, I think Andrew Lincoln might have an Emmy or something like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I can't recall the show or that. any of the actors getting an Emmy. But um, no, I yeah, don't think I, they do. I, I certainly they think do. I think Andrew Lincoln deserves one as well. Um, I think he's been phenomenal as Rick. Um, but yeah, yes. hopefully we we shall see. I don't know when the Emmys get announced, but. Uh, we shall see when that happens. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly think it's time for either the show, Melissa McBride or Andrew Lincoln. Uh, not to say someone else doesn't deserve it, you know, anyone on the show, but those specific people uh, deserve it, I would say. Um, next up I have Motherly Way of Thinking. Uh, this is obviously still on Carol. Motherly Way of Thinking, she would have sacrificed herself for Maggie, given Maggie is pregnant and Carol's motherly like history. Uh, what do you guys make of that? Like, if it was like if the building went on fire and well, it kind of did, but you know they were in control of it. Um, but if like they got completely ambushed, she'd put herself literally in front of Maggie because of uh, Maggie's pregnancy and you know her motherly history. What do you guys think of that? Um, I don't really think that. It was something to do, like a motherly relationship. I think it was more. Uh, no, no, just then Carol's like, kind of her way of just, just, thinking towards Maggie. Yeah, not like motherly. Yeah, to she's Maggie. using um, she's using her kind of intuition to know that Maggie shouldn't be there. And Maggie should uh, be as safe as she can with the child. And I guess the motherly thing does kind of come <coughs> in there because um, obviously you see her care for a lot of different. Uh, children in the past and Maggie had, has to care for her child and Carol's going to assist her with that so yeah I can definitely see why uh, Carol wanted to protect Maggie there yeah what, what do you think Sophie? yeah well I was just thinking that it might be to do with Morgan because she doesn't want Carol doesn't want to kill anymore she says she's killed too many people and obviously she wants to protect Maggie and her baby so it's like all life is precious so she wants to kind of keep Maggie and the baby safe Good yeah, point. yeah, that's uh, yeah, it does time really well actually. Yeah, um, so next I have uh, Carol and Maggie General. Um, like, what do you think of the whole situation they're in this episode? They're kind of you know they're being held hostage. Uh, I'll kind of tie this into my next note, which is the exchange. Um, should we have seen more from maybe Rick's group? Um. What did you guys think of that stuff? Like, the scenes with Carol and Maggie together, that, that kind of thing? Yeah, um, it was, 
that was a slow episode, and you could some people could say it's more of a filler episode because not much happened until the very end. Um, it was quite tense throughout. Um, I was always expecting something to happen, and uh, yeah, something some things did happen that episode, but yeah. nothing too major that shocked me. I think, um, I think one of the problems was that I wouldn't. I wasn't as nervous for, like, let's say if you had put Terra with them, or, uh, let's say if you put Terra and Heath on their two-week run, and they run into them two, or, like, if you put two different characters that are more likely to die, I would be, would have been more worried. It was still tense, but I just wouldn't have brought that, like, if Carol or Maggie had been killed in this episode. Because I thought that they, you know, they're characters that deserve bigger deaths. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, you, you know they can take care of themselves. Yeah. Definitely. And, yeah. Um, I, I mean... And like, the threat of, um... Sorry, go on. Yeah. Oh, sure, go on. I, I was just going to say that this is a very different kind of... They're playing the Negan and the Saviors as villains quite differently compared to someone if... I mean, if you look at the governor and the whole arc they did with him through season 3 and 4. Um, it was more about kind of waiting to uh, attack or waiting to defend um, their community, basically. Yeah, um, yeah. With this, it's basically who can strike first, who can take down the most men or women. <laughs> mm. And they've definitely got a different approach this time, because like with the prison, you're right, Like they kind of waited around for the governor, obviously that costed them very, very badly, because they lost... You know, they lost their home, um, and they lost uh, Herschel as well. Um, so yeah, I completely agree with you with, with that point, that, like, they went they went to this situation with, like, a different approach as to, you know, we have to go to, to these people rather than, like, we'll wait around for these people to turn up, then kill them, then do this deal. It was more of, like, we'll go for these people instead of waiting around. Get this thing, get, get this thing sorted, and you know, rather than waiting around. So yeah, I, I agree with you at that point. It's an interesting way of uh, evolving the story and evolving these characters to making that kind of choice because um, they're more. Yeah, and uh, and um, quoting Rick, you had to come for them before they come for you. Exactly. Kind of exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. I think he even said that in the last episode or this episode. Um, yeah. I remember him. I remember him saying it at some point. Yeah, yeah. I think it might have. Maybe that was the Gregory. It was the last episode in the church. Yeah. I think. Hmm. Yeah, I remember him saying it at some and point. He, and I he also remember. said it um, yeah. the, in the first episode when they were going at the quarry with the walkers. Oh yeah, yeah. The exact same thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, building off of. Uh, the notes here. Should we have seen maybe seen more of Rick's group? Would you guys like to have had them? Obviously, there's one of the strengths of this episode is uh, Melissa McBride's performance. Um, but would you guys have liked to have seen more of Rick's group in this episode? See them kind of like tracking them and uh, like when the woman goes on the radio to Rick. If we had have seen Rick's response from his point of view, what do you guys think? I think it works well. Yeah. It did work well, and um, I think we talked about this before, but if we see too much of Rick's uh, group on the road, we get a lot more of these kind of 
pointless conversations, basically. Um, <laughs> just um, to kind of move the story along and to kind of fill the time gap. Yeah. And I'm glad I'm, that we had... I'm glad that... More centred on Carol and Maggie. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm glad that by the, the end of this, this episode, this whole, like, part of this story is resolved. Like, Maggie and Carol. Maggie? Maggie and Carol. Maggie! Uh, <laughs> Oh dear. Maggie and Carol are, um, like, they're safe, they're no longer on the hostage, we can move on with the story, uh, we, everyone's basically back together, um, of course we have Terra and Heath on their two-week run, but that wasn't really, you know, this episode wasn't about that, so that didn't need to be resolved, but we, you know, this, this could have dragged on for maybe, like, two episodes to, like, fill more time in, but, yeah, um, they, yeah, they, 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 they moved two episodes. Sorry? What? Sorry, I didn't realise you were still talking. What did, what did you say? No, I just said, I just said that the, um, I don't think they needed two episodes to explain this. We kind of got a good idea of who Paula was. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was good that they didn't make this go on longer than uh, what it did. Like, it was resolved in one last episode, basically. Um, yeah. Uh, it's the, uh, yeah? So, um, we're having a lot of kind of... Conclusions to episodes now. I feel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we did have the one with uh, where Jesus um, kind of snuck into Rick Michonne's bedroom, and that was a cliffhanger. But I feel like um, there's no episodes in this half of the season where you're so shocked that you think someone's going to die next episode, just like that. Mm. Yeah, they um, are moving bits and pieces. Yeah, this time. Quite nicely. Uh, like you know. Jesus was one episode, then Gregory was one episode, then them uh, going to, can we call it Negan's, one of Negan's small camps? They went there, that was one episode, done. And then uh, yeah. they, you know, this Carol and Maggie thing, one episode, done. So yeah, they are, they, they are um, moving bits and pieces along nicely, uh, which I like a lot. It's all, it's all different locations as well. I don't think they fair. You haven't really stayed in one place at all for more yeah. than two episodes. Because yeah, we had, um, most of the first half of season six was at Alexandria, and, uh, mm. most, some of the, uh, second half of season five was as well, so yeah, it's good to get away from Alexandria for a bit. Um, and it kind of pushes the idea of the larger worlds that they've been advertising to us, yeah, they've mentioned yeah. it, to and yeah. it's a storyline as well. There's this bigger world out there, yeah, and that we, uh, are going to explore it. Um, next up, I have uh, "We Are Negan," which I believe is what the saviors have been saying. Um, what does it mean? What do you guys think? Uh, is it like a religion or cult kind of thing? Is it because uh, you know Maggie yeah. and Maggie and Daryl and that don't say "We Are Rick." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are Rick. Um. I think it is kind of a cult, basically, mm. and like given it. what I know of Negan, um, he's kind of enforced this kind of idea onto them, that they are all one, and if anyone wants to know certain identities, you just tell them they're Negan, and that name goes around like a threat to the, the whole area, basically, because a lot of people are saying that they're Negan, whatever. Um, yeah. yeah, and the fact that, obviously... When the safers had gone to the hilltop and said, oh yeah, everything belongs to Negan. Um, but as um, Daryl said, it's like a, like a, a boogeyman, doesn't even exist. So <laughs> you could think that the group is Negan instead of just like an actual person. Yeah, 
Um, I think the group kind of think he's some sort of entity at the moment because um, everyone's mentioning him, but he's never there. And the guy at the end of the episode, I think his name is Primo, said yes. he was Negan just to cover up uh, who Negan actually was. And Rick, I think, saw through that. And, of course, um, I think it's Molly that told Carol that we are all Negan. So I, I think they get the idea that, you know, it's not the group's name or anything. But, it's um, almost to it's just throw off. Like Rick's group to think that there isn't an actual Negan, to think that you know, when Gregory said sort out these, well not sort out, go and kill these saviors and Negan, that when the saviors actually encounter Rick's group, that they don't say yeah, there's a guy out there called Negan, so they continue searching. Maybe it's so that once, once Rick kills, well he's not going to kill all the saviors, but once he kills what he thinks is all the saviors, and they say we are all Negan, that he might think that they might think. It caused Rick to think that he's killed Negan, because like when they came yeah. out of that little uh, camp thing uh, two weeks ago or last week, um, Michonne was like, "I wonder if Negan was in there," you know. So they're not really they're not really sure. So it's a good twist on it. It's a good uh, it's a good way for them to like throw not just Rick's group, like anyone's group. I imagine that they that they do that with everyone. Um, yeah. Of course, the hill. I can imagine him. Sorry, go on. Yeah, sorry. Okay, so I can imagine him keep thinking that it's like the group's called Negan, and then him just showing up and being like, "Oh no, this is Negan." <laughs> yeah, it's a good. Uh, yeah, it's a good way to do it. Um, of course, with the hilltop, they've obviously met uh, Negan because he bashed that uh, boy's head in. So, oh yeah, that's obviously their way of. I don't know, like, it's interesting, it's an interesting way to do things, um, and almost to, like, maybe try and hide Negan, um, yeah, definitely, so, and, like, keep his identity secret, because uh, he's the big baddie, um, so, the next thing I have, uh, which is actually the last point, because uh, I know Sophie's got some notes she would like to discuss as well, um, the saviors, what do we yeah. think of them so far? Um, and the woman that is smoking and coughing blood into a cloth, I've got WTF, why? <laughs> the first time she did that, I was like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> like, um, she's just letting herself cough up blood into this thing and just like putting it back in her pocket and then smoking and then doing it again. <laughs> so, well, you know, it's the apocalypse, it doesn't really matter anymore, does it? Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and um, she's just kind of saying that, oh, we're all going to die eventually anyway. I might as well just cough up blood and have a bad time now. <laughs> yeah, but it's going to yeah. make you die quicker. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, but she probably don't care, to be honest. Yeah. It was um, just, just so odd to see someone followers. do that. Like, <laughs> to just smoke, cough blood, and then just be like, eh, alright, I'll get on with it. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Yeah, um... So that was a bit odd. Uh, a little bit funny, because, um, you know, we don't really care about her anyway, so... Um, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter, but it was quite funny. Uh, it's a nice little thing that they did. Uh, hopefully Carol doesn't start doing that, so then we'll worry, you know, if uh, Carol starts doing that, because she's been smoking a few times. So, uh, uh, I think, yeah. think Daryl yeah. did as well a few times. I remember when he shot that yeah, RPG into that yeah, lake. Yeah, season five. And then, uh, well. <laughs> he's... Uh, the way we laugh as well, it's like all dark at night, he shoots his RPG into the thing, makes a fire, and then stands there and lights up, lights up a cigarette. It's funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, such a... 
Badass. Um, so, what do we think of the saviors so far? Uh, Chris, what do you think of them so far? Um, I think the saviors are an imposable threat, really, to the group. Um, I think Rick knows that these aren't just any fools. Uh, though he did kill quite a few of them in his sleep. But he knows there's just more out there. They were, they're hiding in the bushes. They're ready to pounce on any opportunity that they have. Um, yeah, the, the name Nugan has a resounding bell that kind of goes around the area and Frick knows it can't just be someone who's a complete nuts, uh, fool. He's got to be someone who's powerful and strong and can command people, much like the governor. Yeah, um, the governor's people have a name. They weren't called like the Woodbearings or something. No, they didn't have a name. Um, it's just the saviors that have a name. And then you've got the, uh, well, the fans called them the Terminus people. Uh, I'm just trying to think of other names. Termites. Term Termites. Yeah, Termites. That sounds like an animal or something. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think they've, uh, not to go into too many comic spoilers, but they've done them right from the comics, I'd say. Uh, I think Chris would agree yes. with me there. They've got the humour there. Um, they've got, like, the almost don't care humour out there kind of attitude. Yeah, dry humour. Yeah. Very yeah. dry humour. Um, which um, kind of builds off from Negan. Uh, that's probably where they get it from, to be honest. So yeah, um, you know, if you've got a boss <laughs> like that, he's gonna influence you. Yeah. I think it's interesting because we've seen um, quite. A, we've seen the Savior three times in like three different groups. Is what I mean. Um, yeah. We saw the ones. Well, we saw the legs of ones in episode six. Uh, Daryl was with uh, Dwight and that. And they seem like the kind of serious section of the saviors. And then in episode 9, where we saw um, uh, the ones with Sasha, Abraham and Daryl, they were quite like humorous, just like Negan is as well. And they kind of collect that off Negan. And now we see the kind of more humanized, the more sensitive people in this episode of Negan's half. Yeah. You kind of yeah. had to feel... If, it seems like kind of the people we met this week have had worse things happen to them than... You know when that guy got out of the car and approached those two guys with Gregory's fake head? Like, they yeah. didn't seem as... Is life damaged the right word to use? The right phrase the word to, uh, to use? Um, yeah. yeah. Like, see, she, the ones that definitely like, were she like was, the lackeys. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are pretty much lackeys. They, they're um, almost like the wolf type. Saviors, like if you, got, you guys remember the wolves, they like jumped over the fence and stuff yeah. and started killing Alexandrians. It's almost like that version, and then you've got like the more sensitive ones. So, be interesting to see them going forward. Uh, Makes you think, um, what kind of pressure you can put on to recruit all of these people? Because the ones in the compound, which we saw last episode, um, those ones kind of seem humorous, like they, they did. They abided Negan by their their own will, basically. And the ones this episode kind of seem, you know, like they've been pressured into doing it. And it was kind of a way of life and how they survive. Yeah. Sorry, go on, Sophie. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, either that, or they've basically been given orders and they've got to do it. And they, they, they have, like, the mob mentality of following Negan, but they've just been given orders and then they've got to do it and then these people come and mess things up so they've got to take care of it themselves yeah yeah so they're um <clears throat> they kind of seem some of Negan's own men seem 
to see Negan as a threat as well to them. Personally, because I don't think he treats them that well when he does come to visit their compound or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they're on his side through fear, basically. Yeah, I mean, like, to kind of compare the, like, opposites, like, the, uh, the women that we saw this week, they are almost like the, kind of, we don't care as much, obviously, because one of them's coughing blood into a cloth, um, but they're like the, I don't care, but I'm gonna still follow Negan, but, you know, life is terrible, kind of thing, and then these other guys are like, we're gonna have a little laugh and joke, of course they're like, they grab their head, they move the mouth and make a little joke, um, so they're the more sort of, almost Joker-esque kind of saviours. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because... Definitely. Because, um, like, the Joker sort of... You know, we, we've seen... Obviously, we've seen the Joker in, like, Batman films and stuff like that, and, like, even from the tone of his laugh, um, like, he doesn't he doesn't care, he's just insane. Uh, these guys... These guys aren't quite... Not as insane as the Joker, um, but have that kind of... Insane enough. That kind of personality. Yeah. Thing. Um, so yeah, Definitely. what was you going to say, Chris? Um, I think I was just going to point out that the the saviors they seem to be. I don't know. I was just building on the point about you saying them being kind of Joker esque and kind of. I just, I just think that they don't have any other option in their lives. Basically, mm. I think that they have been given this way out with a uh, and way or way to stay alive with Negan. Uh, they're just going to follow it because that's their best option that they have for surviving. And I think that's what they care about most, considering uh, most of them probably had families and those died pretty quickly. And uh, staying with Negan will help just keep them alive, which what the families would have wanted, basically. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they, they did seem to be able to take care of themselves. Um, they didn't seem... Yeah. Sort of, if you guys remember the couple that Rick and Carol met in season four, uh, one the one who now plays the penguin on Gotham. Uh, oh, Sam and his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sam and Anna. Like those are two That's people it. that you kind of look at and think, how have you lived this long, kind of thing? Uh, like a Milton yeah. kind of person. Um, yeah. But these girls look like they can take care of themselves. I mean, they do all that, but in this episode, but uh, um, you know, they come across Carol and Maggie, so. Yeah, I'd kind of go with that. Um, that's pretty much all I, all the notes I have for this episode um, to kind of break it down that way. Uh, did you guys have anything to add before we go to Sophie's notes? Uh, Chris, did you have any notes or anything? Uh, I basically just liked the, the kind of interaction between Carol and Paula because I think Carol tried to get to the human side of her and tried to understand her more. Um, basically by playing the weaker one in Out uh, 2 um, and I just I just love the interaction and I kind of wish that Paula saved my show a bit longer just so we can um, understand her a bit more but we got a, bit, a fair bit of her um, this episode like a bit of her backstory and everything yeah. and like what, what kind of uh, what kind of stuff these people go through because mm. we never really had an insight into the saviour's lives yet yeah I remember um, there was a woman cast for the show. Uh, I can't remember how long ago, but it was like the late. She was the last person cast. Um, I think this was her character. I'm not. I can't remember the actress's name. Um, it was like. Alicia Witt. Yeah, 
think that was her. That, that um, was her, yeah. Yeah. So kind of, apparently she's done quite well, or she's quite a known actress. Um, so it's, I don't know, maybe it's like a one-episode thing. Like, they had the guy from uh, American Horror Story do the role of Eastman, and he's quite a good actor. So, uh, but yeah, it's kind yeah. of these one-off, um, kind of high, well-known actor things. Um, so I found that interesting. <clears throat> um... So Sophie, what have you? What notes did you write? Oh well, uh, I basically just went through the whole episode and wrote notes on everything. <laughs> okay. I have like a little notepad and I have like twenty-four pages of notes. Okay. Um. So. Right. Yeah. Well, obviously, the episode started where the last one ended, but through the savior's point of view. So they obviously captured Carol and Maggie. Yeah. Um, but it obviously started with Carol and Maggie, and they were saying, okay, we need to go. And then Carol sees Donnie come up behind Maggie, and she points a gun at him, but then moves it downwards and then shoots him, which I thought was a bit strange, because normally she'd just go for the kill shot, but she shot him in the arm instead. Yeah, I don't think she... Uh... I don't think she really wanted to kill him. I thought she just wanted to injure him so he couldn't kill her, basically. Um, yeah. It was kind of just an instinct, right, I'm not going to shoot you in the head, I'm gonna, probably going to shoot you in the arm, just so you can kind of have some chance of staying alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought... I thought like, difference I thought... of way of... Uh, yeah, her, her differences, which is... Um, had this episode... Did she, where did she shoot him in the leg? Yeah. The arm. In the arm? Yeah. Because his arm's injured, yeah. Uh, so, interesting. Yeah. And I thought it was quite clever, the, the fact that they put the jackets over the Carol and Maggie's heads, then they couldn't see anything. And um, yeah. just before they put it over Carol's head, Paula went to kill the walker, and then you'd see it, and like just as she was about to, they put the cover over the camera, and I thought that was really clever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't think she was going to die from that. I just thought it was a clever way to kind of cut away. And then we uh, go right into the intro from that. So uh, it was a good way to kick first it First person view. Hmm? Yeah. yeah. It's a first, nice first person view of it. Yeah. I wonder if yeah. they tied some cameras to their heads or something like that. It'd be interesting. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then we obviously, the credits end, and then we see uh, Carol's feet, and then we see the sign on the floor, the kill floor, and we're all processing. And I, I, all I saw was the kill floor the first time, I was like, what, where's this? Is this some sort of sick, twisted Negan compound thing again? <laughs> <coughs> and then yeah. and it kind of hit me on, on like, the second viewing that it was a, a slaughterhouse. I was like, oh yeah, kind of makes sense now. <laughs> That's what he does dirty work. Yeah, exactly. And then they take the photos back to the, uh, where they sleep. <laughs> yeah. On the wall. Yeah, probably, no doubt, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, then they get into the kill floor, and then they kill the walker, and one of them is dragging the walker away, and a rosary from that walker gets stuck on Carol's foot, and she grabs it, and, you know, tucks it into her pocket, and, like, and kind of, before she does that, she kind of looks like she's holding it, like she's going to pray. 
I was yeah. like, ooh, yeah. what's going on here? What are you doing this time? Mm. That's almost like a Morgan Father Gabriel Jesus mixture mixture thingy. Yeah, yeah. like a religion type thing. Um, that's interesting since we've recently got a character called Jesus on the show. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's Carol trying to be a different person. I mean, it's not quite working at the moment with all the people she's trying to kill. Yeah. Like, she basically... Sorry, go on. Sorry. Yeah, I was saying, um... Yeah, she's trying to be a different person. She's trying to move on. But with everything happening, it's kind of tough for her to do that. And she's now put in a situation which could cause uh, consequences if she does, does something wrong. So the whole thing about the religion, I don't think it's something that she supports along with the smoking that she was doing. I think it's just her trying to kind of be different. Yeah, I mean, she can almost, like, change to this, like, the softer version of herself, like like the flip of a switch, like when we saw when she uh, yeah. first got to Alexandria, and uh, oh, that funny scene where she's taking the uh, gun off her, because um, she's got it strapped around her back, and she's, like, taking it off really gently as yeah. if she, like, she... can't handle a gun. Um, so it's almost yeah. like switching to that personality. But this, this was softer. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting way to uh, to evolve Carol, develop, evolve, same thing, uh, that character. Yeah. And then she can kind of Rambo at the flip, swi- flip of the switch. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. She can I love from, it. She can go I love how she uh, can just change Alexander into different character. Intro to the season five thing. <laughs> She can read the situation so well, um, and that's how she dealt with Paula. She completely, um, she completely played Paula, so she would fall into the trap, of, um, the psychological trap, basically, um, thinking that uh, Carol was really weak and everything. And just before Paula died, um, well, she got stabbed by Carol. She was talking about how Carol wasn't the person that she made out to be. Mm, yeah, being very different. Like, little bird, nervous little bird, but now you're not, but you were. Mm. I think uh, Alicia Witt's character death was quite interesting. Like, she uh, fell onto that spike, and then she's, like, for, kind of forced to stay there while she's being eaten. Quite quite bad. Quite horrific. Um, yeah. So that was... Because like, we, we see her get her cheek bitten, and... Uh, zombie goes from there and then it, I don't know if you guys can hear but as the camera turns away you can still hear her like screaming screaming yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah blood curdling streams talking about the uh, screams this episode when Carol uh, set fire to those four people that kind of horrible uh, screaming noise as it kind of just faded out um, yeah that, that was quite graphic was wasn't it yeah yeah that was good Anything else, Sophie? Oh, well. I was just just looking at my notes, trying to catch up to where I was. Um, Yeah, well, obviously, Paula and the rest of the saviors leave, and then Carol starts to, like, hyperventilate. And this is, like, part of her character, I think. I was like, is she actually hyperventilating, or is she actually faking it? And, like, they come back and completely ignore the fact that she is. And then Maggie's, like, trying to shout at them, saying, come on, you got to take a gag off. And then, like, Molly 
most goals love to us, like, you're nervous little bird. How did you make it this far? <laughs> and just like, yeah. you need to take some yoga breaths and calm your ass down. Yeah. Wow. I think it's, yeah. uh, we really kind of heard, I really kind of heard Maggie's accent in this episode. Like when she says gag, you can really hear that. I don't know what accent it is, but uh, you can really hear it in the It's like half English, English, half American. Yeah. Um, so I thought that I thought that was good because we don't we don't get to hear everyone talk as much because there's a lot of characters and everyone needs to speak kind of equally. So uh, it's interesting when you, when you hear their accent like pop out like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I don't think I didn't think Carol was doing it by accident. I thought she was doing it on purpose. So. Uh, Oh, yeah. But it took me a while to clock that. Um, <laughs> I think it was on second viewing that I then realised that uh, straight away that Carol was faking it and everything. And especially with the events that happened after that, it was quite obvious to see that everything she said to Paul was planned and it was just a persona. Oh, yeah. Everything she did was part of a plan. She knew exactly what she was going to do from the very beginning. Yeah. Yep. She seems still unstable, but she has actually got the right kind of mind to plan ahead and uh, make make sure her plans are executed perfectly without anybody getting hurt, if that yeah. makes sense. Because you see, how we're, being, how we're seeing Carol with her hyperventilating and everything and the struggles she went through last episode, you kind of do think that she might be going to some sort of instability perhaps, but she proved this episode that it wasn't anything to do with that. It was just... Uh, her way of kind of organising herself and getting back up after everything that's happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah, yeah and then uh, Paula says to Maggie after we're talking about the fact that she's pregnant, and she's like, oh, yeah, children are just, um, children are our future. They're just like little bite-sized snacks for the dead. I thought, oh, that's a bit rude. Yeah. Mm. She doesn't like children because she's lost a lot, so. Yeah. Right. Anything else, Sophie? I'm just having a look. Oh yeah. Obviously, we, t- we talked about the fact that um, Ma- Maggie and Paula and Molly were all talking. I oh, know it was Carol, uh, Paula and Molly were all talking. Uh, just after Rick comes on the walkie, and Carol's like, "You don't have to fight. Just like, just just do this. Make the trade." And um. Carol says, oh yeah, we come across uh, a group of your guys and then we uh, killed them all. And then they were like, oh yeah, well that's what happened to T's group then. Like, we, we, they blew them up, so we had to yeah. hit back before um, you hit us. And then it's like, oh, they, uh, Paul asked her, well, what do you think you know about Negan? And Carol said, he's a maniac. We were scared, so we had to stop him. Like, well, sweetie, we're all Negan. <laughs> yeah, um, me and Matt know that line is straight from the comics, and we'll talk more about that in the comic spoilers episode, so uh, I think we've already talked about it this episode. Mm. Yeah. I think it's yeah. interesting how, you know, Rick, Rick, Daryl blew up those guys, so uh, no one really saw that apart from that woman uh, who found out about it. Um, they're now dead. The only way I can see Negan tracking Rick's group down is by 
bumping into them at the hilltop, or going to the hilltop, maybe torturing Gregory, and then finding out where Alexandra is, and then them coming to Alexandra? Because yeah. either that, or they just yeah. bump into them on the road, kind of thing. I think Negan has enough men, and now he knows uh, that Rick's group is somewhat of a threat, because we don't know how many men uh, the saviors are. Um, he might go out and make the attack to Alexandria, but I mm. think at the moment he's happy waiting for them to uh, <laughs> wait for them to arrive to him so he can deal with that. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, I think what was good about this episode was like the exchanges between the people, especially Paula, Paula and Carol. I mean, Paula starts going on about what. She did. She did before the turn, and like obviously her, she was the secretary in it, and reading all the inspiration emails, and then it went on to, like, basically it's like your your people are killers, Carol. That makes you a killer, and Carol is like you're the one who's afraid to die, and you will do. And Paula asks, "Are you going to kill me?" And Carol's like, "I hope not." So she's like, "Hope she she doesn't want to kill her, but if it comes down to it, she will." Yeah. Yeah. You can kind of draw parallels. Um, saying, you know, she was saying to Carol, what, you, what were you so afraid of? And she was like, this, when she's going to, or when she's pointing the gun at her. Um, yeah. So I thought that was interesting with Carol's character as well. Big uh, Carol episode this one. Yeah, you can kind of draw, you can kind of draw like parallels between Rick and Morgan's relationship and Carol and Paula's in the way that they're talking to each other and, you know, expressing their views on death and everything. Um, it was interesting, and the whole idea of Carol being a killer is similar to what um, Morgan told Rick, that he was a killer as well. Um, so he killed the killer, <laughs> basically. I, th- I think, um, I think it was ev- saying to Rick, your killer, is make it, almost trying to make him think the same way as he's thinking. Uh, Morgan trying to make Rick think like Morgan's thinking. Because there's a difference between, you know, just murdering people and having reasons to kill these people. Like, Rick has got this reason to kill the saviors so that they can, you know, finish this deal and uh, do the exchange and stuff. (coughs) So, it's interesting the way that Morgan's trying to get Rick to think that way. Um, So then they could get them both killed. So... I think it's all about perspective, basically, and from what we've seen uh, this season, uh, the kind of line between uh, morally good and morally evil has kind of been a bit faded, and yeah. and that's where um, elements of TV shows such as Breaking Bad come in, where the your main character is doing some kind of morally wrong things, mm, but for and, a good reason, yeah, 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 and in truth. Well, he goes a bit far at the end. Uh, and in truth, in this world, I, I think, personally, that everyone's a killer. If they kill walkers, if they yeah. kill humans, they're still a killer at the end of the day. And they've got to move on. It's all about the perspective and how you can read that and who you believe has the right moral values. Mm, and it's what they're going to do to survive. Yeah. And Morgan is in a... Morgan has interesting ways of coping with survival and uh, everything because um, it must have been tough for Morgan to be out there so long and not have to kill a human basically um, 
I mean, he did it after, well, in between season three and season six, he was killing a few uh, walkers before he met East, um, humans before we met Eastman. But, yeah, like, how would you survive like that? It almost ties into what I was saying before about um, Morgan being a bit like Batman, <laughs> where, like, <laughs> Batman survived for so long, but he knocks people out. Uh, like, the situations where... Like, he hasn't... Like, from films and games and TV of Batman that I've seen, he hasn't been in a position where he's... It's kill or die, it's, like, knock out or die. So... That's kind of how I yeah. compare his him to Morgan in in like the same way. Yeah, but it's a very different universe, and the people in The Walking Dead are a lot more desperate for survival than Batman is. I mean, he's got yeah. billions yeah. of pounds and stuff. It's just difficult to compare them, but I'll see what you're getting at. Yeah. Yeah, like different worlds, but same sort of character way of thinking. But um. Like, obviously, Batman with, uh... This isn't a spoiler, because it's Batman's character. Like, because he doesn't <laughs> kill because of his parents' death. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it's for a different reason. Yeah. But, yeah, it's interesting. And, yeah, I understand, because when he does kill, he is physically traumatised by that. And that's similar to what you're saying about Morgan. So I get your point there, yeah. Mm. Yeah. He's, he's the Batman of the Walking Dead world. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> no one sees it yet. He, does, he does, doesn't have a car or a Batarang. Or a cape. <laughs> he will. He uh, will. Yeah. He's got a star, so that's something. More of a ninja turtle, yeah. but... <laughs> Which is interesting. <laughs> I don't know if you guys knew there was a, like, Easter egg that David Eastman created the turtles or something. And it was interesting that the character that trained Morgan was called Eastman. Or well, not trained, you know, the yeah. guy that met uh, Morgan was called Eastman. Well, if you, so, yeah, that's pretty cool. You read, um, if you read Eastman backwards, it says Namaste, which is a kind of a peace kind of ah. uh, saying in Chinese. That's quite cool. It's so, old Japanese, um, I'm not sure. I could not tell <laughs> um, better. Like, that's that's so probably the more time. I don't mm. know. Yeah. Yeah. And, something to Ninja Turtle bit, the person who trained them on that episode was the guy who did the stunts for Ninja Turtles, the TV show. Oh. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, that's cool. All so, all, all links together. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any uh, notes on, like, things the episode, and uh, the end of the episode, uh, and then we can uh, come back next week? Yeah, right. I, thought it, I thought it was a good ending. Um... Like, the kill everyone and walk out through the smoke, all badass-like. And, and they slide open the door, see Glenn, and Maggie's like, Oh my god, yay, Glenn! But then, my favourite part was obviously the fact that Daryl and Carol ended up hugging. I knew you could say that. <laughs> yes! Yeah. I had to say yeah. it! Yeah. Come on! Come Not on. blaming you, Renee. No, oh, yeah. As soon as you went to the bit that impressed me. Yeah, that's cool. Mm. Yeah, they helped in the uh, yeah. season 5. And then, of course, so everyone like online was like, Ooh, are they going to get Daryl and Carol back together? It doesn't mean that. It's just a hug. Like, well, they haven't probably had a scene in, like... Two I can't remember how many episodes, but they haven't been in the scene together talking to each other in a while, so... Yeah. 
Yeah, I, th- I think Daryl's uh, too... He's too focused on survival and being himself to do anything yeah. with women, or maybe even men. And hey, um, he needs his crossbow yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, he needs his crossbow. He's got his bike, he just needs his crossbow back, and then he's complete. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Daryl has helped kind of Carol develop over time, so he's... So they've yeah, kind yeah. of built up a strong uh, friendship. Mm. And I don't think it's going to go any further than that. Yeah. No, yeah, I think it is we'll friendship, see. but it just depends just what like happens with, uh, with Tobin. But I think he'll die soon, so. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone we like will die. Mm hmm. Yeah, I like his character. What do you think of Daryl with a shotgun? It's alright, we haven't really seen a proper scene of him with it, but. He can use it. Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah, it was, it was decent, yeah. Um, he just had the hand of it as well, that was fine. Yep. Alright, um, so that's it for this week, unless you guys have any final things you want to say? Uh, I just really like... Yeah, uh, really rating, like the fact what would you rate this episode? Sophie? What would... Uh, oh yeah, um, I'd probably give it an 8, yeah, solid 8. Okay, alright. Uh, Chris? 2.5, definitely. What did you say? <laughs> 8.5. I thought you said 2.5. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't say if it was 2.5. I hope it's 5. out of 5. Um, I'd give it an 8.8. Like, after actually thinking about the episode, because sometimes with entertainment, with like games or TV, I find that once you think about something you've just watched or played, it's maybe better. Um, so once I actually started thinking about this episode and think about, you know, Melissa McBride's performance, I liked it more, because I didn't really like it that much before, um, and then I started thinking about it a bit more. Um, I didn't watch this episode twice, um, I watched it one and a half a bit, uh, but yeah, I'd give it an 8.8. I thought it was good to great, uh, but not, like, excellent, but that doesn't mean it's bad, so, um, good to great. Yeah, you can slow things down, that's great episodes and good episodes, so... Only one episode uh, this season which I found was bad, and that was the fifth one, where they're just basically recuperating um, from the walls at Alexandria. It's just nothing really happened, basically. Do you mean the one where... uh, But everything else is solid. Do you mean the one with Maggie and Aaron, and she says, I'm pregnant? Yeah. Yeah, that was a weak episode. We kind of picked up on the hint from episode one that she's pregnant anyway. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, uh, we had an episode like that for, well, since that episode, so, um, yeah, 8.8. Um, so thanks everyone for listening, subscribe to us on iTunes, or follow us on SoundCloud, doesn't matter either way, as long as you can hear us. Um, thank you for even just checking us out and clicking on play, I appreciate it, um, we all appreciate it. So, uh, thank you everyone for listening, I'll be back next week with Stefan and Ash, of course, as we rotate the cast, well, cast, people, whatever you want to call us, um, so yeah we shall see you next week thank you for listening and yeah bye bye uh three or four to go 14 15 16 yeah only three to go so uh yeah thank you for listening guys and we shall see you next week only three bye bye Negan's coming he is no no no